<laughs> Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage. With me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. Hey there, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? How's it going with you? Uh, I'm doing all right, but you, you got me on my blind side, so let me just switch sides here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't right. see you that well, TJ. All right. Now, can you see me? I can see you, definitely. Okay, great. Well, maybe, maybe. Maybe, yep. The other dulcet tones that you heard were, of course, our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. Hey, guys. How's it going? Why do y'all sound so bored? What is happening? Josh. Why do y'all sound so tired? I'm not feeling so great right now, guys. Oh, I'm oh. Not are you super... Are you Happy. having okay? Little... You guys hang out one time, and then Josh starts doing TJ bits in the intro. I cannot keep up. <laughs> Josh, are you experiencing some great depression? I think I am a little bit, TJ. Thanks for. Oh my gosh! Me. Did the stock market crash, and you live? In... <laughs> it's nineteen twenty nine. Yeah. Well, I got just the thing for you, Josh. I think I know it's going to lift your spirits. That sounds great. What Lexapro. Is it, TJ? Le- Lexapro, and then after we get a good dose of that in you, this amazing album from Blindside, The Great Depression. You know, We're doing I'm, it. I'm already feeling better. Thanks, TJ. You are? Oh, good. Yes. I'm already feeling I'm better. I'm so glad that We're doing this. We're here. you guys committed so hard to this bit as to bring our energy to a full stop at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're here for. That's what we do. Nobody's going to... Feeling depressive after this, man. That's true. Okay, so we are talking about 2005's The Great Depression by the band Blindside. You got it. We certainly are. TJ, you seem very excited about this. So is this a wishlist record for you, or is this just happenstance? That I believe it is. I think I may have multiple Blindside works on my wishlist, if I'm not mistaken. I, I know I have the Black Rose EP on there, for sure. But I think this I think might also be on my wish list. I haven't I haven't looked at the wish list recently, but it is on your wish list. And okay. it was when I asked for three records from your wish list to pick this year, this is one of the ones you picked. Oh yes. That makes sense. That's why we're Man, here, we're just doing we're this. doing so many wish lists. We're doing lately. a lot. I'm here for it. I'm here for it too. But guys, have we done any wish list records or any records at all for that matter matter from a Swedish rock band? We have not. Are you I sure? I don't think so. Mercy Me wasn't Swedish? <laughs> Pretty sh- I think they're Albanian. Mercy Me? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like an Ikea? <laughs> yeah. Uh, an umlaut. It's got the umlauts on the E. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Blindside's from Sweden, man. I know. That's wild. That's okay. Boys. So do we want to talk about... Josh, you want to do some research? Because it's our first Blindside record. Dig it uh, is. For our listeners who want to know who the heck who the heck this is or think that we're covering the Sandra Bullock movie. Let's give them some context. Yep. That's the blind side. But this is just right. no article. No there article. There will be needed. no football and like heartwarming, tear jerking moments. Maybe. This album. Well, yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Time will tell. They might they might sneak something in there. But yes, as TJ was so wonderfully talking and introducing the band <laughs> of that they are from Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, their career is from nineteen ninety four to present. They've been significantly less active lately but they did play furnace fest 2022 i'm pretty sure yeah it went over pretty well i think they played silence in its entirety i heard it was great oh that's awesome (laughs) yep they have four members in the band at this time and i'm pretty sure the same four members have been in the band the entire time if i'm Mm. not mistaken oh wow of course, we have Christian Lindskog on vocals. Of course. Uh, oh, forgive me for pronouncing these Swedish names, everyone. Uh, Simon Greenhead or Grenahead on guitar. 
perfect. No notes. Is, how do you say? Is it Thomas or Thomas? Thomas Thomas Naslund on pick. bass. Guys, I didn't get any help on the Anathalo Japanese <laughs> fair. thing. That's so fair. you get no. Is all you, buddy. Good luck, <laughs> Thomas Naslund, and then Marcus Dalstrom. That one has an umlaut on it as well. Yeah, I think you nailed um, that on drums. So I think they've been in the band the entire time. Which is, cool. if so, imp- very respectable and impressive. That is. The Great Depression was released August 2nd of 2005. And guys, did you know this episode is airing August 2nd of 2023? Oh, yeah. For its 18th anniversary. In addition to being a TJ Wishlist record, it also works out pretty perfect that this is going to be airing the week of TJ's birthday as well. Oh, this is your birthday episode. This is birthday episode. Happy birthday, you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. What a great way to celebrate. I couldn't oh. ask for a better present. Unless from we you hate fellas. this record. <laughs> no, you won't. You're going to love it. <laughs> okay. That sounds very threatening. Well, we have to. It's your birthday. I know. You don't I have know. a choice. I don't I'm like I'm going to make you a cake do. with the Great Depression artwork on it. And here you go. It's got to be it's all like, like black and gray. It's going to be a lot of black icing. Brown. Mm-hmm. And you can do the thing from the office with the poster that says, It is your birthday, birthday. period. It is your <laughs> wish list record birthday. It is your wish list birthday. So happy birthday, TJ. Thanks, it, y'all. It seemed like a great, like, I love that you picked this one for this year because I'm mean, like, it's airing on a Wednesday, so we can drop it, and it's your birthday week. Perfect. Dude, perfect stuff the for it's this kind of scheduling stuff that makes me excited, you know? <laughs> Gets me up in the morning. I, I love that. Glad I could help by being born and you liking did. this record. You did help. Yeah. You, <laughs> you did a lot of coordination with both of those. Uh, this is their fifth record, released on the label DRT Entertainment which was their first after being on Electra for Silence and About a Burning Fire. Oh, I don't know much about Electra. DRT, Wild. Okay. admittedly, so I don't know if they're still like part of a major label, or just like a subsidiary label. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I should have done more research on that. I apologize, guys. You should uh, apologize. What I Come did on, research Josh. on is the producer uh, was actually was produced by Lassie Martin. Um, he's got some interesting characters over his letters as well. And Blindside, Lass or Lassie. It's L-A-S-S-E. I'll just call him Lass for now. Uh, I don't want to call him a collie name right? from (laughs) whatever decade that was. Here, girl. Lass. Lass Martin. Sounds like a good Swedish Mm. producer name. Lass Martin. I saw his records. Lass produced their first record, self-titled, and the Black Rose EP, also on TJ's Wishlist. Charts, it aired at. Or it aired. Uh, it <laughs> charted, at, <laughs> debuted at Billboard 200 on, it didn't build number 200. It was on Billboard 200 at number 89. It didn't find cool. any Billboard Christian rankings. It's got some Spotify sets, obviously not as big as some of their other records. Um, the most popular song on here is Fell in Love with a Game at 235,000 streams, which they've got songs with like some million streams out there, obviously off silence. So. Oh, wow. Which that's it's, one of the singles, I think from the album so that tracks yeah so all the other ones i feel like have pretty modest streaming numbers so mm-hmm. i am curious why that basically wraps up my research but why this record and why this blindside record tj yeah i don't know man it was a big one um i think um were you a blindside fan already before this record yes but more fair weather at that time i think like I want to say John Cannon, who was on our Acidies Burn Come Now Sleep episode for listeners, mm-hmm. who was one of my bandmates and, and longtime buddies. I think he got me into Blindside maybe with About a Burning Fire, which was the record previous yeah. to mm-hmm. The Great Depression. Came out in 2004. I think this was the first album that I listened to like when it came out. 
like in real time, you oh, know? Cool. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of part of why it's a wish lister for me is like, it was one that I listened to when it came out, they were touring on it. And There's I something, just, I love that about like, whenever you get into a band and you get to experience your first record release with that band, like that's always yes. a fun time. Exactly. Sure. So I think that's mostly it. And I just, I think the record is great from start to finish. I think it's like the best iteration maybe of what, of what the band does. And cool. um, maybe even to date, I don't know. It's certainly, it feels like it's got a lot of really great songs on it and a lot of variety on it. And so for all of those reasons, I was like, that one ranks high uh, for me. And yeah, I'm excited to see what y'all think about it because there's a lot of like hard rock, some alternative rock vibes throughout for sure. But there's also like some weird like Euro house disco kind of stuff going on at times. And like, it's very dancey. So you've got the kind of like screamo adjacent sound, Um, a lot of aggressive like powerhouse vocal performances and just riffy madness that's like really high energy but also it's kind of got some swagger and like some dancey stuff so i don't know i I think it's just like a cool smorgasbord of sound um from a swedish band that hell yeah is this your favorite blindside record probably yeah i think so okay it's the one that i go back to the most or that i think of as their best so i think it would be my favorite for those reasons Cool. I love that. Yeah. I, so, Kylan, you said you weren't sure if you knew this record. So, Blindside is mostly a band that missed. Okay. Definitely. It was on your Blindside. It, yeah, they right. they <laughs> were on my Blindside. <laughs> yeah, About thought. a Burning Fire, I'm definitely more familiar with. Okay. Um, but, I don't know, I kind of put them in the same camp as, like, Project 86. Oh, yeah, like, I can see that. I mean, almost, they toured together and, a lot. And, and we're even without, friends. like, listening to a ton like I can't name a Blindside song off the top of my head because I did just kind of like I mean, there's only so much music that a single person can listen to in their lifetime. That is true. And they and were you just listen one that... to more than an average person does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they were one that I think like I've listened to a couple tracks, and there are a couple tracks that I really like, but they were never a big band for me. Right, and I don't know why that is. Like I think maybe because they fell. I don't know. I was like, I was pretty specific about my taste in emo, screamo, metalcore. Mm-hmm. And I think they were just far enough outside of all of that. Outside. And this is yeah, conjecture. They're so you know, mainstream on Electra. <laughs> they were in grind and you're like, nah. That I just, I just didn't, I just didn't get into it. You know what I mean? Uh, I had this exact same problem with classic crime which mm, mm-hmm. i think our class is our classic crime episode gonna come after this yes we'll cut all this yeah so yeah and we'll talk about that more later but yeah i have soon. kind of that same problem it's like a band that kind of i kind of missed mm-hmm. so that being said i'm really excited to get an opportunity to really dig into them well i do think this is a good like entry point because like i said i I feel like they really figured themselves out on this record and like kind of streamlined their sound um although it is about a burning fire that's ostensibly or is what's their biggest record silence silence is their biggest one oh yeah yeah so i don't know any songs from the great depression is it the great depression or just great Mm -hmm. depression the great 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 Depression. depression um yeah i don't know any songs from it i might recognize 
ones once I, you know, once we start listening. Yeah. Uh, and so. Yeah, I feel like you might. I'm curious to see if any that I'm you excited. Hear are like Well, the thing is, too, because they're like a pretty heavy band, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Typically. Okay. TJ, I feel like you're as the least like metal fan among us. You're right. fairly discerning in terms of the heavy music that you really yeah, like. I'm particular about it. That's true. So that makes me excited about digging into it. Yeah. I do so. think along the way, we're definitely going to figure out why I like them more you don't like, yeah. than a lot that'll of be, other bands be a fun kind of, conversation. of their yeah. era and their peers. Yeah. You know, That'll be um, a fun conversation. And I'll probably look to y'all to help me <laughs> unearth oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> you, know? you, man. I'll, I'll psychoanalyze you all day. Perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Freud. No problem. No problem. Tell me everything about me. So, Josh, what about you, man? What's your what's your what's your blindside vibe? I'm kind of uh, with Kylan on this a little bit. Maybe not to the extent that Kylan is. I'm obviously aware of Blindside, and I know some of the big hits and whatnot. And I definitely like had some of their records because I would just like find their CDs and like half price books and buy them and listen to them a little bit, but I haven't listened to a ton of their rec. Like even silence. I don't think I've only listened to all the way through a couple times mm, and okay. not even like super memorable. I listened oddly to, uh, Oh man, what's the, is it there's something in the water or the, whatever the last album they did was, I cannot think of the name of it right now. I think song we wait. Yeah, yeah, that's, I was thinking like Blitz and Hollywood ending. 2011. Our love saves us. Yes. <laughs> I did find that one and I listened to that for a little while for a good bit. So I listened to that one a lot. Um, so that's one I'm most familiar with, but yeah, I, I too. do know this one because shout out to my cousin, Zach, who is on our Maylene episode. But I remember Zach showing me, this is Zach's. He's he's a Blindside fan, and this is Zach's favorite Blindside record too. So he's nice. gonna love this episode. Oh, cool. Shout Great out to Zach. Zach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I See do you. remember him showing me some of the songs from this record on a family vacation trip to Minnesota, in I believe summer of like 2006. So it was like oh nice a year nice. after this came out. I That's do remember fun. really liking. I was like freshly getting into like really heavy music, so I remember really liking "We're All Gonna Die." Um, and I think after he showed me that record on the trip, I went to like iTunes and bought This Is a Heart Attack, We're All Gonna Die, and Yamkala. And I had those three songs like mm-hmm. in my iTunes, so I know those ones pretty well. But the rest of the record, I don't totally know a lot. So, cool. Got you. Josh, I, can you tell us how long this record is? It is 14 songs at 53 minutes and 27 seconds. Whew. That's a okay. long one. It okay. is a long one. That might affect some pop <laughs> tendencies. It may. Uh, it may. Yep. Which is crazy, like, to think, like, where we're at now, I feel like, be, I mean, we're seeing a little bit more of this lately, but, like, back in 2005, 14 songs was probably just a pretty normal, like, track. Yeah, it really was. You're like, yeah, just, you have at least 12, maybe 13, 14, maybe 15, whereas, like, now I'm like, that's so many songs. Like, I'm <laughs> expecting 10. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it is really crazy how those standards have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. But sure. I think they're all quality songs, so we'll they're see. They're all? You're, you're saying that now? Yeah. All 14 yeah. songs? Yeah. I think The Great Depression is like an intro, isn't it? So it's just it three, 13. Yeah, that's okay. an intro track. All right, so it's like 13. Yeah, which is interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I was remembering that Silence is, the, you know, the album Silence. The title track is the last track on the album. And mm-hmm. then About a Burning Fire, same thing. 
the title track is the last track. And then on the Great Depression, they flipped it. They flipped it. Oh, that's cool. That's the intro track. So I like it's kind that. of an interesting stylistic change. Also, some fun trivia about A Burning Fire has a Billy Corgan feature. Uh, it does. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that album. But Hooray. I wanted oh, to give you all that context because that's kind of fun. Hooray for Ellie. And then um, uh, this album that we're going to dig into, Kylan, has a Johnny Cash reference, which fun. I'm not going to tell you where it is. Okay. I'm just going to like set that there and see if cool. you catch it. And then we'll cool. circle back. I'll make sure we talk about it. Cool. So, what if but I'm curious like to see if you catch on it. The first, on the first song, first yeah, just like, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. <laughs> what? Christian, like, come oh, on. You're dude, better than I missed, that, man. I, I missed the Johnny Cash reference. I don't know I where I shot a man in Reno and we're all going to die. That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Okay. Good. So I think we've kind of, uh, we've kind of skirted around it. So we might as well just come out and say it. Flopper bop predictions. I think I know where we all land, but because uh, we, I feel like we did a better job this time than we usually do of sort of contextualizing where we are with the band in this record. Yeah, so, true. But let's We're just come out and this. say it. You know, like much like a genius.com annotation, let's spell it out for the people <laughs> uh, where we land. Well, uh, TJ, there's no depression in 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 this puppy here. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bop this one hard for sure. Okay, Josh, what about you, buddy? You know, you can ask me now. And I'll have an answer, but we'll see where I land when the record has come to rest. And when I remember my predictions, um, I think <laughs> I was trying to just go through all the track titles. Yeah, I was, I was like, see, I don't know the, the know, track titles, land. so this is just going way over my head. I was that like, was for I'm you, pretty Zach. sure, I'm pretty sure he's making a reference to the album, but I don't fucking know the I'm album. Trying to be pretty obvious with it, but not obvious enough. I. I think this is going to barely bop for me. Barely bop. Right. Yeah. And just it's just I, just because it's I have not really been able to ever fully like get into blindside. So that's my only hesitation. I don't think I'm going to have like any problems with it. And it's going to be like a real Sufjan thing where I'm like, I don't think it's bad. It's just like maybe it's not for me as mm, much yeah. as like sure. certain artists are for other people. But I think, I don't know. I think it's going to be right on that line, but I think it'll probably fall into a bop. All right. Sweet. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was going to have a heart attack, Josh. Ooh, this is a heart attack. But I won't have one now. Okay. Yeah, so much like when the bottom fell out of the stock market in 1929. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Uh, or, you know, the Dust Bowl. I don't know anything about this that album, happened. so I'm trying to make actual Great Depression <laughs> references. You're so nailing it, Magic Mike. <laughs> Uh, when I was gonna say, <laughs> when shoes were a dollar, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> um yeah, dude, I think I think I'm gonna be just like Josh. I think it's barely gonna squeak by for me. I think the length is gonna be something I have to get past. Sure. I bet it will be. Yeah, that makes um, sense. That's gonna be, I think, my biggest barrier of entry in terms sure. of like loving it. But I think it is going to bop, man. Like I said, TJ, you're pretty discerning about the heavier music that you listen to. That's true. Yeah. And so I think, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a good time listening to it. I hope so. And I'm glad that both of y'all are, are sort of leaning optimistic with this. And you're feeling like, I'm going to fall on the bop side of the fence. Yeah. That's well, cool. Yeah, that's, like usually, that. that's usually where I end up when I have, like, the less context I have, I right. feel like the more optimistic I am. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like... Because why not? Why not go through life yeah. being as optimistic as possible? Totally. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I love that. Sweet. So we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into 2005's The Great Depression by Blindside. Hey, Jammers. Kylan here interrupting this very awesome episode to talk briefly about our sponsor, CollideRecords.com. Now, I don't have anything specific to highlight this week, but I just want to say, if you haven't gone to CollideRecords.com, why not? If you're listening to this show, they are the perfect place to go. As you know, here at CJN, we are huge fans of physical media. They have vinyl, they have CDs, they have CCM, they have 90s, they have 2000s. What else could you want if you're a fan of this show? And check this out. At checkout, if you type in promo code CHURCHJAMSNOW, you will get not 10%, not 15%. You will get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, promo code CHURCHJAMSNOW at checkout for 20% off your first purchase at CollideRecords.com. All right, that's all I got. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back, Jammers. I hope you enjoyed those sweet, sweet ads. Were they about football? Yeah, we actually, this week, we're sponsored by The Blind Side, the movie. <laughs> we're personally sponsored by Sandra Bullock. Go see her new movie, Gravity, in theaters today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> we just time traveled. Yeah, that was crazy. Was time warp, man. Was it 2014? Well, that's when not the only weird thing that's happening. TJ, weren't you just sitting next to me recording our Blind Side yeah. episode? Yeah. Now he's well, sitting next ooh. to me. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes um, albums are so good that when you listen to them, they literally transport you to new spaces. Let me tell you, this is not one of those. Well, it was for me. That's why I'm here. I listened yeah. to the album, and all of a sudden, I was in your room. Love it. Man, yeah. Always the, the second half of our recording nights always are just wildly different than the first. <laughs> um, so welcome back, Jammers hope you spend some time listening to the great depression like we did if not you know what we'll give you the lowdown we sure will um so before so i have two questions before we get into it first is okay. any general thoughts i want to move to sweden at the okay. time but thank <laughs> cool. you for asking kylan yeah i always have to ask even though no one ever i does. like that you ask <laughs> I, I mean i i most of the time i genuinely like just want to move to sweden yeah, yeah me too Let's move to Sweden, dude. Let's move to Sweden. Let's relocate the podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, so second question. I feel like we've kind of made this a habit on Wishlist Records, and I very much enjoy it. TJ, after now listening to the record again, where do you think Josh and I are going to land on? Yeah. No, I, I was wondering whether I would get asked this, and... Um, no, I like this. This is a good thing to keep doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also need to get Hoog to give his <laughs> prediction. <laughs> we need him to call in. Mm-hmm. I feel like we all, when we bring a wishlist record, mm-hmm. are a little bit... We're all a little defensive. On the defense. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. like a little bit... We feel scrutinized, kind of. A little like on the outs. And sure. that and this is no exception. I kind of think both of y'all are going to flop this hard. Oh, dang. Hard. Mm, yeah. Hard, too. Maybe not hard, but just like you're, you're going you're gonna to find a lot of like nitpicks right. that are going to be hard to disagree with. Hard to defend. I get it. But I'll just go ahead and say, I don't think they're going to shake my opinion of okay. this listen. Okay. Of okay. The album. Cool. And 
I'm even going to try to push back on them too. Okay. So cool. I don't Good. even know what y'all have to bring, <laughs> and I'm already ready to push back on it. Yeah. So. All right. TJ, let's start that. off friendly, man. Like, yeah. why? Well, no, are you still, coming out yeah. fighting. We're in the midst of a Great Depression, you guys. So yeah, that's, that's it's true. cutthroat, you know? It really is. You got to get an yours. eye for an eye. All right. Well, let's just uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and dive right into it, man. Let's do it with track number one The Great we Depression. We are the sons and daughters of a revolution. Revolutionaries walking us out of oppression and into a mobile promised land. And this leaves us with this great sense of sadness glowing inside our soul. No one can explain where it's coming from or where it's taking us. Okay, so my first question is, do you guys know what this is? Did either of you guys find out what this is from? Is it, like, from anything in particular, this little monologue? It's it's nothing that I could find. There's, you know, all kinds of other things out there called Sons of the Revolution or right. whatever, but yeah, I don't yeah. think there's anything that this is referencing specifically. Right. They just found, like, an old like public domain tape or something. Well, I think it's Christian. That sounds like Christian. Yeah. I think oh, it's okay. his voice. Oh, okay. Um, so I think it might just be like a a sort of introductory poem, you might say, or prose piece to mm. to in, to intro the album. And listening back to this, you know, I had told you guys it had been a while since I'd listened to the whole album. I think listening back to this made me realize that it's sort of a loose concept album. Yeah. At least that's that's kind of how I have been interpreting it. And this intro track definitely kind Sets of made me double down. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, you guys know what my note on this is going to be, though, right? Not Get long enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really cool. I love it. It's too long. Mm. It's too long. I agree, Kylan. And I think, I think right as Christian says, and this, my friend, is the Great Depression, it should have immediately yes, cut to the in. next song. Yeah, for sure. Which he does no, have, agree. he does have like the little talking intro of that song, but like, so I don't know how that would have worked, but I would have loved to him say, this is the Great Depression, and all of a sudden, bam, 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 yeah, exactly. cuts. Like, yep. I would love that, so. Yeah, yeah but, it drags on for like 30 seconds too long. Yes. Yeah. You know, just, just a little bit. It's like, okay, we got the point. Now let's like get into it. Yeah, yeah. but other than that, but I like it. It is really cool. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah. For intros. Definitely sets the tone. Yeah. So I guess I the one thing I would say is like I think yeah, I agree the timing they they could have been a little more economical with it. But I I love that it it kind of puts us in this place of like being in a great depression or mm-hmm. or seeing ahead that there's gonna be a period of Great Depression. Right. And there's like the you know, the classic era of the Great Depression in the West, but I'm going to go ahead and just propose that we see this as a more like metaphorical idea, the Great Depression, as something that on a personal level or a communal level, we all experience from time to time. I think you're right about that. I'm just going to set that there. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I like that. I like that. (laughs) All right. So let's move on. I'm just upset that I did it. When you said, I bet you guys know what I'm going to say. I should have said, this is your favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Miss opportunity. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah that's my favorite song. It's all downhill from here. Wow. Uh, yeah. Much all like right, a guys. Great Depression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Track number two. This is a heart attack. 
Okay, right off the bat, I gotta say, this is not what I was expecting. You guys remember from part A, I said I'm not really familiar with Blindside. Because yeah, have, have you ever even heard this record? No. Okay. I hadn't heard okay. anything. I this is remember. all fresh for me. Uh, this is not what I expected at all. I told but you it, it was dancey. It 100% made sense why it's an album you, TJ, would connect with. Yep. This is very like Pretty Girls Make Graves or like Showbread even. It was yeah. Very, like, showbread yeah. Yeah. Even. Yeah. There's definitely some sonic overlap. Yeah. I, man, jumping back into this one, I was getting like big nostalgia vibes, just like riding around my small Texas town listening to Swedish hardcore music. Uh, <laughs> like you know, you as do. one does. Yeah. Um, but I do think, to your point, that's why I connected with it because it was right. so weird and dancey and kind of angry, but like still sang a lot. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot packed into this album yeah. lyrically and thematically that, you know, a sophomore in high school, what have you. For sure. It's really like, going to connect really, with and be yeah. like, wow, this is deep. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it's a little flowery at times, but like is definitely but also, like saying something. And it doesn't pull its punches musically yeah. either. Like, I mean, For sure. it's not, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, in the, the realm of August Burns Red or anything like that, but it's pretty heavy. Like yeah, there's it has moments. some moments that, that get kind of uh, into that hardcore territory. What I wanted to ask y'all, and I feel like this opening track is a great representation of, of their sound on this album in general. Are there any touch points or like similar bands that that y'all like that you're more familiar with that this reminded you of? Yeah, Pretty Girls Make Graves. Yeah. Although they have a female singer, but it's a similar kind of thing. Same vibe. And Showbread. I think yeah. there's definitely, this song in particular felt real yeah. showbread-y. Yeah, sure. I'm getting like like the dancey elements are making me think of like a uh, if Franz Ferdinand was like heavier, whoa, and or Swedish kind of yeah. and or Swedish. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, should I go ahead and say my my big note about the record that we were talking about off mic? Sure. Oh okay. man, you might as well get into it. Yeah. Uh, so I think I should go ahead and just say this right now. I think my biggest problem with this record is i think the band for this record needed a lead guitarist mm -hmm. because so much of it there's a lot of stuff happening musically that is interesting but ultimately a lot of it is the guitar and the bass are doing the same thing way down low on the neck right or something similar yeah and there's nothing to sort of there's a lot of space that I feel like could be filled that would kind of hook me in more throughout. Josh, right. what do you think about that? This is my big note for the record, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a whole thing prepared for it. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do this in track. I mean, it's track two technically, but I was like, I have to wait a little bit. But well, that was my original plan. This but... is my, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to show my hand or anything, but that's that aligns with my general thoughts on this as well oh now i, I want to get thoughts. in yeah i do have general thoughts <laughs> well i can just be like i think this <laughs> no i have been working on something uh but i mean i think it's a lot of things uh i don't know how much time we want to spend in this first track and it's over the first it's over the right. whole record like if you have I mean, more stuff like maybe we can get into it later if we don't have as much to say on later songs 
Yeah. 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 So I can, I can talk about that a little bit, but I definitely picked up on that. That was something that I noticed. And, and this was something like, this was one of the three songs that I had like back in the day. I remember this, this one, we're all going to die in uh, Yamkala I had. So this was like a lot of fun nostalgia getting back into it. But then I was like, oh, there's a lot of empty space here that other Sonic stuff could be happening in. But yeah, right. I'll save some of my other stuff as we get through. But I do want to say I do like the change of the line of instead of like one nation under God to one nation under attack. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's fun. And I feel like it's not as preachy because it's coming from a European band. Like. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, and I think that's why this clicked for me when it did in the way that it did when other bands of its ilk coming out of America were not connecting with me. I really think right. there's something about the like the outsider perspective that mm-hmm. they have um, on the West in general, but also creating this kind of personal narrative um, because yeah. it it really, it, it seems to simultaneously do a lot of like the social commentary, political commentary, but also right. like kind of construct like a, a narrative arc um, for or a narrator or a protagonist or something. Yeah. Um, and I think with the Sonic stuff going on, acknowledging the fact that they were lacking that lead. I mean, Simon technically is the lead guitarist, but like he was doing a lot more rhythm work and that kind of thing. Right. So with that Sonic foundation, I think they created like an interesting environment to hang out in that for me was great because when a lot of uh, American new metal bands and yeah. like post hardcore bands were doing their thing, and I wasn't connecting with a lot of those because they felt a little scary or like weird or edgy to me in a way right. that I thought was like, I don't know, maybe there was a little more anger in them where there's a lot of hope, I feel, in this record. So even though there's that there's that sonic element that y'all well, it pointed gives, out. I I'm will like, say, though, for, for that, it does give you space to really sit in the lyrical content. Right, mm-hmm. and as y'all know, I'm a lyric thing, boy. That's a, a big reason it hit me why it would connect with you. Yeah, because I think this song as the proper album opener is just that high octane energy that's like lashing out, mm-hmm. sort of in response to the Great Depression, right? Quote unquote. Like if we want to use that as a metaphor for you know whatever it is on a personal level or a societal level where there's a period of slump or lack or desperation or mm-hmm. fight or turmoil. And I think this song is like kicking things off in full pushback mode. There's like a protagonist that's, that's kind of angry. It's almost like reptile brain. Like they're not really right. thinking so much as like feeling, feeling and reacting. reacting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and jinx. And it's like, you know, the metaphor of the nation falling into a great depression is you know, important social commentary, but I think also the personal narrative right. that it starts here uh, for me was always more compelling. And even now kind of still is. So yeah, I, I guess even now listening back though, I noticed the lack of the lead guitar component. I'm like, but tell me more. Like, what right. is this story? Just so I'm still drawn though, in. If they did this, but had like Cody Bonnet. Oh, no like, doubt. Doing just some ripping. like sweet whittlies mm. over oh, this. Man. Like, it would Ugh. be perfect. So blindside, if you're uh, out there, dude, Cody, if you're out there, perfect. In some universe, like a ACB broke up and Blindside <laughs> and, snagged Cody. Uh, yeah. And, and this album was even more fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that all makes sense. 
But I mean, the energy in the song is great. Recognize. Yes. It's so yes. good. The 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 one guitar line by the second verse started to bug me. That da, 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 da. Like you wanted da, da, to vary da, da, da. it? Yeah, just, just a little bit. Just change it up just a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, These I get are my that. notes for other songs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but the instrumental after the second chorus felt almost sort of like prog rock mm-hmm. that I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Yeah. I think it was right. There's another band that it was a little bit of a leading question earlier when I was like, what bands are they reminding you of? There's another band that we haven't mentioned yet that I'm curious to see if either one of y'all will mention. At a certain point, I'll get too impatient and I'll I'll bring them up, but <laughs> I'm curious to see. You should set there. like a deadline. You have three songs to you bring this band up. Bring uh, otherwise, I'm doing it. Okay, let's get to, if you haven't mentioned it by song six. Okay. Okay. I'm say that. All right. You get those songs six. Okay. Also, I'm the stakes have never been higher. Put it out there. Kylan, have you caught the Johnny Cash reference that I mentioned in part A? Yes, I did. I did. High five, brother. I did. What was, was it? Called I did C- not get it. Don't say it yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not on this song. Oh, okay. All I right, just, since right. we were in the first song, yeah, yeah. I wanted to go ahead yeah, and Yeah, yeah. I did catch it. I Great. did catch it. I can't wait for that. Uh, it's on another song, Josh. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, you obviously didn't do as much research. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Busted. guys, let's go ahead and move on to track number two. Hey, hey. Ask me how much research I did. Ask, <laughs> Ask me, me now. now. <laughs> Josh, how much research did you do? Ask me. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Here's track two. Ask me now. <laughs> I like that bass tone. I was mm-hmm. just gonna ask. Sweet, sweet bass. No, I yep. like the bass tone. I like the bass. It's my favorite bass, I think, on the record. Except for there's one other part that I. There's only the problem is there's only, this is one of the only times you can actually like hear the bass. That's what I'm saying. Because the, yeah. the guitar and the bass are mostly just doing the same thing. Yeah, they're hanging so, out in a lot of the same progression territories, and the mid low sonics are are showing up big time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's hard to distinguish between anything that they're doing differently gets lost a little bit sometimes. Yeah. Uh, this feels like a Muse song. Okay. Oh, that wasn't the band. But, but, dang, no, now that you've said that, I'm like, that was the band. I agree. <laughs> yeah. It right. Really Especially does. like when it gets into the chorus, wow. that, that emotion. Yeah. Real Matt Bellamy kind of register. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. I've never realized that, but there's a lot of Muse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guitar line, especially, like, this was that really tremolo picking. picking. That's uh-huh. a very yeah. Matt yeah, Bellamy. Like, yeah, line. this is straight up Muse. Right? Yes. I was actually going to ask if y'all if y'all caught the Muse influence or not influence but similarity. Yeah. Because I couldn't place it for the life of me the first time listening back. Oh yeah. It took me like the second or third listen through where I was like, oh, oh, it's Muse. There's so much Muse going on here. That's what it is. <laughs> for me, it was the first time I heard that emotions running through my veins. I was yeah. like, okay, all right. Yeah, that is a Matt Bellamy right. line. I see you. So true. Yeah, musically, I thought overall this one ended up being a little more interesting than This Is a Heart Attack. Yeah. But I didn't like it as much as This Is a Heart Attack. I love mm. This Is a Heart Attack. That mm-hmm. was very close to being my favorite song on the record. Nice. Mm, wow. This one, when yeah. it like kicked in, it felt like the blindside sound that like I have in my mind. I'm like, oh, right. this is this is blindside doing what they do. Their classic kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I think there's a lot of good rise and fall on this track. Um, which which I think is one thing that they do well as a band, and we'll see more iterations of that across the track list. Um, but this is kind of the first time there's a lot of that like up and down, kind of loud, quiet, loud, quiet. 
and jammy moments that are kind of cool, which would benefit from more lead action to, to y'all's earlier point, but are still fun just as they are. Um, and I think they, a lot of these rise and fall moments and the instrumentals act as a call and response to the thematic and lyrical content in these songs. Like on this one, for example, there's this kind of like, there's some pent up energy. Like the, I feel like the narrator in the midst of this great, uh, great depression is still rejecting the ideal, the idea of falling into that depression or acknowledging it even like there's like a lot of, so still like the denial. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. All um, right. But there's also, while there's that struggle of like acknowledgement of the thing happening around them, there's also this, this story, there's a new component that's like a relational component. There's a figure that we don't really know kind of what their nature is. They're kind of mysterious, but there's a sense of separation that I feel like the, the protagonist is experiencing. They're, they're like on the inside of a, of a house looking out through the window and they have this like desire to find union with the, the figure out in the woods kind of walking through the forest, but they, but they don't, they can't find that union yet because they're a little afraid. There's some doubt. There's like fear of the unknown, the fear of losing themselves, that kind of thing. And then it's, there's that drop at, uh, I think it's 219, where there's that kind of weird like country slide guitar uh, environment that feels like, like a shack or like a cabin out in the woods where like the person's out by themselves, they're kind of in isolation and they see this figure out in the woods and they want to create some union with this character, but they're also still in a place of like kind of turmoil, like inner turmoil. So they, they don't have the capacity to create that union yet. Um, and I feel like that, that slide guitar kind of creates that yeah. eerie sense a little mm-hmm. bit. Almost a kind of like Western, which fits in with the whole like American Great Depression thing. Yeah. yeah. And a little like horror adjacent mm-hmm. too. Like hills have eyes. Yeah. A little creepy. Nice. Uh, I like that you're digging into all this TJ because I'll say I didn't really dig into, like I read through some of the lyrics, but not a lot of it. Like I feel like I was able to get or be like, Oh, I see what Christian's doing with this. But all of these lyrics are like within like the realm of like, I like them for what they are in the song. And like, and none of the lyrics or anything like feel like are are distracting or take me out of things or I feel like aren't well written. So it's like the perfect kind for me to just like listen to and be like, I don't really know what he's talking about, but I like the pictures he's painting and the words he's using and it works. Yeah. So I didn't, get much out of it personally for being like, Oh, I know what this longer this yeah. record is about, but it, it worked still. Well, also specifically, there's a lot of the, like, especially a lot of the verses on these that feel like poetry that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. don't necessarily rhyme. It's almost right. like kind prosy. of spoken word. Yeah. yeah. Prosy. Yep. Like, and that can work or not work, but it really worked for me good on on this yeah. listen through like it was like okay i i i get it and he does enough interesting things with his voice that i yes. was like so much it's wild his yes. voice is crazy and i think that's <laughs> such an element that again different differentiated this band from a lot of other mm-hmm. kind of that new metal post hardcore world that i didn't hook into i think christian linscott's voice is like so unique and his well, performances yeah. are just like so wild 
an interesting, I've heard that from a lot, or I've seen that a lot online of just people talking about how Christian is like one of the best out there, like with his voice and like, and I'm like, he's, it's great. He does yeah. an amazing job. Yeah. It really, I think it hooked me from the beginning when I first kind of got into Blindside and this album to me especially has some of his best vocal performances across their discography. Yeah, cool. But I do feel like it helps too to create this like sort of pseudo concept album that I'm head cannoning for you guys live right now. Love um, it. because he does That's the really, beauty of this podcast, TJ. It's the beauty of it. <laughs> Y'all. Get get uh Matt is it Matt Shepard? He's the dude from Love Drug. Michael. Yeah. Michael, Michael, get Shepard. Michael Shepard on the phone. We got a new movie to write. <laughs> we got, got a new, new movie. movie. <laughs> the real art house kind of situation. It's gonna be. We weird. have to travel to Sweden for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we have to. I also wanted to say, I feel like this is a good time to say that I think of this album as like a triptych or like a three-parter. Um, and so that sort of narrative that I'm proposing here, this is the first section, and. It's all about sort of the denial shifting into the conflict mm. um, and the lack of union shifting into the acknowledgement of need and and like wanting that connection. Cool. So that's like part one. And I feel like we're right in the heart of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That. All right. Well, let's move on to the next track. We're all going to die. This was the first song that my cousin Zach showed me on this record, and I was immediately drawn in on it. It was like it was when I was still kind of newer, getting into like heavier stuff. So I was like, "This is so heavy," and part of it, like I was listening to Hawk Nelson and FM Static. So part of me was like, "I like the the dark that it's like we're all gonna die" is the song. So mm-hmm. I was kind of drawn to that idea. I fully expected this to be my favorite song on the record because I really loved it back in the day, but I kind of hate this guitar tone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to ask like production wise, like this one sounds a little like smushed compared Mm -hmm. to a lot of the the other songs. The drums sound so small on this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a couple songs like that on this record. Yeah. It's like, I wanted the drums to be just like badder. Yep. Yeah. And I kind of wonder like what happened in the engineering and mixing process because, yeah, everything on this song just sounds a little tinier and like a tinny and, and smaller. Huge. Um, the chorus, when when the chorus comes in with those big stereo pan guitars, the, it, yes. it widens things yeah. a little bit. Yeah, things okay. get a little more massive. But. Here's my problem, though, is that, and this happens multiple times on the record in different capacities, but so they have the one guitar line for the first four, verse, and like you said, the stereo pan guitars make it feel nice, big, and full. And mm-hmm. then for the second verse, they go back to the one up the middle guitar. And I'm like, right. yeah. you can't. And they do this a couple times where the second verse sonically is the exact same thing. They don't introduce any new elements yeah. right. in the second yeah. verse. And I'm like, you have to do something new here because right. why else? Like Christian's doing something new, obviously. So you guys should have put something else in here. Yeah. So you, you'd yeah. hope that like his vocal work would make the musicality of the track play up. Yeah, and, and yeah, be better and like more or like 
Simon's like, oh, I have another part that I will save for my, the second verse kind of thing. Right, right. exactly. Yeah, but it's like they get an idea and it's like, okay, here's this like, almost like here's like a verse riff and a chorus riff and it's just like, we're just going to do that. Which, That's all we got. to be yeah. honest, is a very like old school, like hardcore punk kind of musical yeah, mentality. Yeah, keep the main thing the main thing. Uh, and it some parts of the album I feel like it really works and some parts it doesn't but I I agree with you Josh yeah like well and I wonder how much of the arrangement decisions and just like the sonic production decisions on this record were a reaction to the last two records of them produce having Howard Benson produce them and they're mixed by Chris Lord Algae so they're like huge wall of sound big mm. sonic monster record so maybe they were like let's strip things down a little bit like let's go back to sweden and track this with our friend lass and who did like our first record and let's right. not put a bunch like it's kind of a thrice beggar situation where they like kind you've done so like much you, to yeah like you want to go school, back to basics like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so i'm like i simplify it probably was maybe i'm assuming i'm projecting here but i mean i could understand that would be a lot of the reason why, but I think it kind of suffers a little bit for that. Yeah, I could see that. I did really like, was it, is it a trumpet, that horn line? It's a trombone. Is it a trombone? That's great. Played by Christian Person with two S's. Excellent. Christian Person? Christian Person. That's not a real person. That's not. (laughs) No, they're a Christian person. (laughs) They're a sweet person. How dare you say that about Christian Person? Christian Person and Elvis Baskets. (laughs) 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 That's a teaser for an upcoming episode, y'all. <laughs> You'll know what that means later. In two weeks. It's it's a Chekhov's uh, basket. Chekhov's basket. <laughs> um, Check off your basket. No, that trombone line's cool. It is cool. No, it is cool. I like it, especially being in like such a heavy, like, we're all going to die. Let's have a trombone in this song. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of transcendent. Like, it kind right. of, it, it gives the line and the chorus more weight, like mm-hmm. more gravitas almost. Like, yeah. the fact that there's like, a horn section at all on right. a song called we're all going to die. It's like a, you know, kind of hardcore anthem. It's like yeah. very weird. Um, but it works for me. I, I thought it was really pretty. I also love the bridge around two minutes cause it like drops down. Yeah. And then again, that rise and fall, right? It's almost as if they're using dynamic shifts and ebbs and flows instead of having fancy lead lines. Like, it's their dynamism as a band mm-hmm. that is the lead right. component almost. It's like they're drawing you in with those shifts of volume and, and arrangement choices and that kind of stuff instead of like right. having a lot of mealy me's. Yeah, I understand se. that argument. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with it. Okay. But I, I understand that. I think, yeah, it's possible that that... I just personally that didn't work for me paired with christian's vocals that's that's my yeah I'll, I'll rebuff my argument and say it's the dynamism paired with his vocals his vocals almost take up so much space that as long as he's going really hard right it's almost like for me i guess i just yeah, didn't yeah. didn't yeah i mean miss my the notes are, until i started my <laughs> notes on it, i think I another song are that Christian's definitely carrying this record. Right. Um, <laughs> right. He's yeah. doing some heavy lifting. I here. think so. And I guess my whole thing, I'm not missing, like, I don't need them to like shred on guitar, but there's one song, and we'll get to it later, 
where they're literally like picking single notes on the guitar. I have like, those like, <laughs> like chord arpeggios, <laughs> and it makes it stand out so much from the record. Yes. Like even if they would just do that, like the guitar line, just like pick those notes yeah. during the verse or Some something diamonds. would give like yeah. a little bit more. But totally, um, yeah. You and me, uh, Kylan. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. It's, I get what you're true. saying, though. I get, I get what you're saying. I think I'm digging for the components of this band that are different from other bands that have great electric players. You know, that, yeah. that are like, you know, solid lead guitarists that that don't have the dynamism this band has, right. or that don't have Christian as a vocalist, or yeah. You know. Well, I think of like Project Eighty Six, who they're right played with each other a lot, and like Randy. Steve obviously is killer on bass, but Randy as a guitarist, I don't think like he's like an amazing shred guitar guy. Like, mm. but I think he writes effective parts and I think, yeah, so you mm. don't have to like be the best guitarist on the planet, but I think you just have to fill out your space. Yeah. Lyrically, I just wanted to mention, yeah, this is the end of your part one, right? The idea, uh, well, one more song will probably okay. round out. Ooh, the first part I like that yeah but the, but but thematically and lyrically it's this kind of um dance between nihilism and optimism right mm-hmm. we're all gonna die but we're all not mm-hmm. meant to die young right that's so such a good line it's so good mm-hmm. that's yeah a really good line really good writing and 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 economical you know and I think it's the protagonist still pushing back on the idea of like submitting to the realization that the great depression is happening Right. Um, it's like, you know, there's a little bit of like, well, y'all might die. Like this Great Depression might be happening to y'all, but it's not happening to me. Right. Because um, you can flip it and either see it as like a hopeful line mm-hmm. or like a line of denial. Like, well, we're right. all gonna die, but we're all not yeah, meant to die young. Yeah, yeah. You can you can see it both ways, which I like that there's like some in- interpolation, kind of interpretation possibilities, and what I like too is that this idea of depression caving to other forces out there, like literally a depression, like going concave submission as a sort of false understanding of what weakness looks like. Mm. Um, But I feel like the, the protagonist is stuck in this mindset of a depression being something that is unwanted or like avoidable um, or something you can physically individually push back on so we're still in that i feel like we're still in that space um in this in this song and and we see a little bit of a movement coming up yeah Mm -hmm. so okay i dig look for it sweet well let's keep looking let's move on to track number five yamkella 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 This is my favorite song on the record. It slaps, right? It's so good. Tell me why, Kylan. Well, this is this is where it clicked for me. All all of the all the nitpicks that I've been having about the like the guitar and and the lack of you know certain things I was maybe expecting. This is the moment that I realized, like, oh, they are or were like they're definitely coming from the tradition of old school, hardcore punk. Right. 
this is just straight up like an old like a like a minor thread or like a fugazi song yes this is yes this is feels like a fugazi song to me right uh and it's like let's just play fast let's play hard and this is just like what we do and so some of those guitar the things i was missing from the guitar it was like okay well i get if this is sort of and i have no context because i haven't listened to their earlier stuff but the fact that this kind of style comes up multiple times makes it feel like to me like at the very least when they were in high school this is like what they were listening to and what they kind of grew up playing right and besides that lyrically uh, you guys know the story of this song mm-hmm. i assumed so but we should you know probably tell it to listeners who might not know provide some context yeah um let me i don't want to get any details wrong so i want to <laughs> i want to find out exactly so it was in like uh yeah, so before this album came out, Christian took a trip to Africa and South he, Africa, I think. South Africa. Yeah. Cool. Do you just want to tell it? Because no, I no, feel no, like you I'm gonna get it. stuff you wrong. Uh but he met a young boy who had HIV and and supposedly had less than two months to live. And that was honestly like it was a big inspiration for the whole record too, mm-hmm. right? That trip, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just some sort of the things he uh he had seen. Yep. Um and that makes the song like hit extra hard. I feel like when you know that context, yeah. Um, but it, you know, uh, I did find there was a silver lining slash happy ending that uh, where Christian Linskog said that on a tour in South Africa recently, they had seen that kid at a show yeah. in Cape Town. He was like all grown up and he was doing great. Came and sang the song on stage with them, which was pretty rad. Yeah, <laughs> that full circle kind of moment like doesn't doesn't always happen mm-hmm. you know so it really is pretty special yeah it gives the song some gravity like not only does the song go hard in that classic kind of punk sense um but it has yeah it has some real life kind of weight to it mm-hmm. which i think makes the like pure punk adrenaline in it just hit even harder yeah <laughs> i yeah. love it yeah like I said, it feels like it feels like a Fugazi song, and yeah. I was I was here for it. The guitar actually did some like interesting things. Yeah, it showed up. Simon showed yes. up on yeah. this one. Yeah, yes, really he did. did. This is my favorite song too. Yes, Josh, we're the Josh. We don't. We, we just. We I kind of wonder. We're literally the same. This whole record. Yeah. <laughs> are there's like okay. I think the guitar tone, especially coming off of "We're All Gonna Die," the guitar tone is much better, and there's yeah. some much more interesting parts on this song. I love the crazy like part at a minute 30 where it's like bram, 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 bram. Mm-hmm. like that's crazy and fun there's a breakdown and then i do really like the lyrics yeah and it's like an arrhythmic uh-huh. kind of breakdown too, yeah which is really great. cool and like we're not really in a key i'm just like hitting i'm just doing just, whatever yeah, sounds exactly. cool yeah just straight up old school punk mm-hmm. i love it but i and i do like i said there wasn't a bunch of lyrics that i noted but the, on this song in the second verse i do really like he says, take me back to TV land. Mm-hmm. Numbness is a safe zone. But I really like, they tra- They never trained me for reality. I'm a, rea- I'm a reality TV clone. Yes. And then he, I like the very last line of this, but I'll keep going since I'm almost there. Now, do you say you're 10 going on 11? Something is terribly wrong. And he says, somehow I'm dying with you. And I really like that line. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a cool idea. Yeah, it's empathy. Yeah. He's, he's outlining the experience of understanding the suffering of another individual and empathizing with them. 
Well, yeah. yeah, and I think I think it's coming to the realization I didn't expect to get this heady with it, but also like we're in like this great collective if like societal, but then like I th- I feel like for me it was more of like a, a first world like depression, but then you're like, oh, there are people in the world that are dealing with like actual real problems. Not right, that like right. not to diminish like depression isn't a problem and all this stuff. Um but different kind of like more mm-hmm. dire kind of things, I guess. Physical, and so it's economical. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so thank you. Um so it's like somehow like I'm dying with you because we're all because we're kind of letting this happen or we're getting numb through our safe zones and like because mm-hmm. of our reality TV, like I'm dying mm-hmm. this way because so I like that idea. Yeah. And on top of that, the chorus, the gunpowder burning under my skin is literally like him mentioning the sensory impact and like the, like the way that HIV presents in the late stages, like in your extremities and on your skin, um, there are burning sensations and like lack of feeling and pain that comes along with it. So, you know, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's blending the metaphorical and the very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then to, to that point too, like this is one time where I feel like the sort of more basic, uh, bare bones production style really, really, really worked Works. for this yeah. style of song and mm-hmm. for the lyrical content because it feel it gives it a real sense of immediacy. Yep. You know, like there's a real aggressive energy mm-hmm. and but not like angry like fuck the government it's like i'm so mad at that this is reality yeah. this is the world yep. i just have the to get condition. this out like yep. yeah and it really it really worked for me the yeah. song is fucking great 10 out of yeah. 10 <laughs> yeah no i do think it rules i'm glad that i'm glad to hear that for y'all that you that you like this one so much because it does I think it like brings you back. It kind of like snaps you back to attention mm-hmm. a little bit where those, you know, the like maybe tracks three and four are a little bit of like sagging moments or they're more heady and more atmospheric, even though we're talking about a rock album. Like right. it's interesting to, to mention that, but, but Yimkul is such a banger and, yeah. it's, and it's like you said, it's got its roots in punk. Mm-hmm. So it like, it hits you right in the spinal cord and mm-hmm. it like brings you back to the moment, like the present moment. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, this is now the end of part one of my triptych story here where the protagonist is kind of like finally being forced to reckon with the great depression. Um, and it's very, it's manifesting physically. Right. right. So that's, that's the fire burning under your skin um, or the gunpowder. And it's, it's the protagonist not being able to deal with it and having to cave. Yeah. Having to create that depression in themselves to to acknowledge like the lack, the need for union with something other than themselves, mm-hmm. to rely on something other than themselves, to not be isolationist, to not be individualist, which are societal right. values for the West, right? Talking about first world, third world. Communal values are big. So mm-hmm. there's a there's a layer there that I yeah, think yeah. works here. But in addition to that, on a personal level, it's just, I think the the protagonist kind of like throwing up their hands and just in total desperation. Right. Just admitting like, I can't do this on my own. I'm kind of burning under my skin, trying to do it the way that I've done it. 
Right. And which is the definition of insanity, trying the same thing mm. for a different result, right? Yep. And realizing like I'm stuck. I yep. gotta move on. So we're seeing that literally happen and we shift in the next track into the second part Sweet. of the story. Well let's do that then. Let's do it. Let's move on to track number six. Put back the stars. Okay, so I know you told us if we didn't mention a certain band by track six, you're going to tell us, but can you give us until track seven? Because I have an idea. Okay. I don't have anything for this song, but I have a very specific band reference for the next song. Okay. And it's possible it might be the band you're it could be. Could talking be. about. All right, I'll give you till seven. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It is fun. I did notice like the whole with the whole radio static intro of this, mm-hmm. there's a huge element of that throughout this record between yeah. the opening track and then basically almost every single song has at least some kind of part where the vocal either it's like the back the backup vocal that's kind of just yelling mm-hmm. or something where it's got that like you know where the eq is all just pushed Bazy. into the middle yeah. and kind of distorted and feels like old-timey radio right mm-hmm. which definitely i feel like lends itself to the uh the classic album great depression thing yeah exactly yeah. of like <laughs> Yeah. evokes a lot of that 30s yeah mm-hmm. totally yeah this one is definitely where tonally sonically we kind of maybe not dip but we you know we kind of take a breath a pause the tempo of the song is a little slower right yeah. Compa- especially compared to yim club and it feels like a more anthemic ballad mm-hmm. very emotive thinking about the stars and our place in the universe right um that's the reason i think of it as the beginning of the second part of the sort of pseudo concept album like the protagonist is finally realizing like their place in the universe and like that they need something like earlier right in um ask me now like Mm -hmm. there was the moment of like acknowledging this other out there like that we might want to connect with or create union with and i think now we're starting to see that release that moment of acceptance there's a literal exhalation happening in this song the way it kind of like goes from that wall of sound Mm -hmm to that dip down so even the sonic elements of the song kind of reflect like the idea of hoisting our sails but waiting right it's not an active kind of moment it's a passive thing it's like receiving as opposed to being the the active member in in the story you're kind of like stepping back and waiting yeah and and asking for that union i love the pan guitars on the last chorus i don't know i think they widen things out yeah yeah I agree. Yeah, and, and there's more like little like guitar lines, more like for texture, I feel like, but yes. there is some additional stuff that's not just the rhythm track, which I did appreciate. Mm-hmm. Right. His I did like the song. So good. It's so good. His scream is so good too. It all and he's got I a really he does, strong voice. He does yes. everything in between too. Like he can like hit and like he can yeah. just go from like just add like it's like almost you're adding distortion in. Uh-huh. It's like yes. how he can control his voice like. Do I yeah. want to be fully clean? Do I want to be fully harsh? Or do I want to like add a 30% distortion? I can right. do that. Yeah. Do I want yeah. to add he 70? has like a, a range of grit. Mm-hmm. He has yes. like a knob almost yeah. so he can control it. It's That's pretty so great. True. What kind of snare sound is this, guys? I don't like this snare sound, but what kind is it? It's like not got a lot of body to it. Yeah, know. it feels a like a thin, end. like almost yeah. like a piccolo snare mm-hmm. or something. Or just like a big, wide, but thin snare. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was trying to think of like what genres you normally hear that kind of snare sound in, but... Maybe reggae? 
I'm about to say. I'm, I'm imagining this like a Red Hot Chili Peppers snare. It's a Chad Smith yeah, snare. Yeah, right. right. Just, is Red Hot Chili Peppers the band you were thinking of? <laughs> that was it. It is. It is we did it, Josh. We did so it. much <laughs> blindside Chili Peppers crossover. Yeah. No. I can't believe I never saw it until now. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> no, the snare is weird. I've never thought about that, but you're right. Nah, yeah. It stuck, it stood out to me a little bit. Overall, though, I, I do like the song. I need to. Yeah. All right, guys. We're almost halfway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to mention, too, like, I think part of that release that I was talking about for the protagonist in my story, I think realizing that you're lost, right? That's the core idea that I was trying to get to. I didn't didn't quite, quite say it. Ain't it something to know you're lost? To realize, like, you can be lost and that can be okay. Yeah. Um, and in fact, that's part of the process, right? The dark that's night good. of the soul, that's like really experiencing good, yeah. kind of crossing through the shadow lands. Mm-hmm. That's part of that release and that exhalation. And we also see this imagery in the lyrics of the eyelids being painted with light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to bring that up because we see the eyelid imagery later mm-hmm. in oh, the cool. track list, but it, it gets a little inverted. So okay. I wanted to mention that as far as Christian's writing He's using some similar ideas across the definitely is yeah. track list, which I think is, is kind of cool. I also loved the lyrics: "Fill the sky with your breath, because you know I'm out of mine. Let the sky burn, and I will inhale without a fight." Yeah, it's good. It's really mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. good. He's a really good writer. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, very much enjoy his writing style. Yeah. All right, guys, let's do track number seven. Fell in love with the game. is one of the singles on the album it's have the most streamed your... song on the record yeah yeah have we hit your favorite song yet tj not yet okay Ooh. so this song i very much enjoyed it was close to being my favorite on the record nice but it's like two different vibes that are both on the record is like this and in yamkala yeah or like yeah it's like do you want do you want dancey or do you want exactly like hardcore right but okay this felt like a jonesetta song to me Yes, that's still not that the it? God damn it. Oh, <laughs> but I was like, that but. has to be it. No, yeah. I know, I know. But this is straight up like, which completely. once again makes sense, like why TJ loves this. Like completely. Yeah, it's like harder Jonesetta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, completely. No, totally. But his voice on this, because his voice sounds different every song, which is fucking insane to yeah. me. Yeah, But his voice on this is so good, but it sounds like Jonesetta. Yes. Yeah, with those hard stop guitars. Mm-hmm. And then the little line, yeah, uh, it it really is in the best way. Yeah. Okay, but what is the band? I gotta know. Dang, before we yeah. Do anything else? All right. So, I failed the test. I don't know if Mariah this Carey. song really REM embodies what I'm talking about, but there. <laughs> and honestly, it's not even Postal a song to song parallel. It's more just like these little kind of like Green Day flavor crystal moments across the album that sounds so much like Me Without You. Ah, yeah. Okay. Christian's yeah. like so, some well, of his talk singing. I think it's specifically stuff, that. It's specifically that. The guitar is, work when the guitar work shows up mm-hmm. feels a lot like. Does not Aaron, Aaron's brother Michael. play guitar? Michael, Twice. thank you, yeah. thank yeah. you, Michael, thank you, Mike. It feels Michael. a lot like Michael's stuff. Like yeah, yeah. It it, it feels angular and kind For of sure. like ambient. Um, uh, okay. What well, and I can and, confirm that because there was a time. I was listening to a lot of With Shivering Hearts We Wait. Right. And I wrote 
a guitar line for a song that I was like, that I was definitely feeling the blindside influence on. And then after I wrote it, I was like, oh, this is very me without you. So it's definitely there. Yes. Yeah. It's like if they were a little more like Euro rock, you know, right. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Like they're Swedish. Yeah, exactly. Without you. No, totally. Yeah. (laughs) And I think like I was saying before too, like the, this sort of non-rhyming lyrical right. content does, yeah, it does, yeah. and it and it the works. Very, and like, then just how like he'll like prosaic. just suddenly like be like talking or singing a line, and just like burst into a scream. And, yes, like, Aaron will do that too. Exactly, exactly. It's a very like kind of like caged animal, like a wild yeah. animal, like been put in a cage, and they're kind of like for sure, like pacing the walls of the cage, and then all of a sudden they're released. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they're just unhinged. Can we dive into some music theory real quick? Please. Go what is it. the weird what is the time signature stuff happening in the verse of this? It's weird. It is right? weird. Did you guys catch oh, that? I think is is it in four fours and the breaks are in six? I, that was my two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, one, two, three. Well, it's almost is it five? I guess it's like a I think it's a measure of two four. It's two four, I think. I yeah, think it's two four. Okay. Is it three? Or it's a bar of three. Is it a bar of three, four? Yeah, Is it four, four, like then three, four? It's two and then three. Or four and three. Are they different? Are they all different? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, but it's good. I like it. Yeah. Thank you for catching that. I, I, like, I heard this song in the car, and so I like, didn't write my note for it. But then I was like, oh, when we started doing this record, I was like, there's one song that had a time signature thing I wanted to talk about. Was yeah, it? it was this one. Yep, I got you, Josh. One. Nice. Thanks, yeah. Kylan. This Can we actually cool. get it? Let's run it back. Oh, That's yeah. Gonna yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to bother me. That we just, yeah, yeah, we got to do it. We got to like... We're, we're professionals here. One. That's a two. All right. There's two. Oh, it is, it is just a bar two. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't go into three at all? I swear. Uh, One of them has to be a three. Yeah, it's It's six. six. It's six. You sure? Yeah, Josh was right. Yeah, Josh was right from the beginning. All right. He always is. Six, eight. I I counted it in my head while I was driving. I forgot to write my notes. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Don't text and drive. So good. (laughs) Thanks for that PSA, Josh. (laughs) PSA, thanks. (laughs) Lyrically, conceptually, where are we at? Man, so like I said, there's that moment in Ask Me Now where the protagonist is like seeing the figure off in the woods and they're like, who is this? I want it. Like I need this union with this person. Could this save me? Could this help me? Um, and I feel like the, we've had little glimpses of that narrative throughout the, throughout the album so far. This finally feels like we've, we've fallen in love with the game. We've kind of like hit some synchronicity. We've, we've hit mm-hmm. some, a, a moment of connection um, where we figure things out, but we still kind of forgot maybe where we came from. We forgot, our name, we forgot our origin, we forgot our fell source. Fell in love with the game. Yeah, we fell in love with the game. We got distracted along the way. But it does feel like we're coming to that place of connection. We're still in an awkward adjustment period a little mm. bit. It also really reminds me, this is a little weird, but it reminds me of the story in Genesis where Jacob wrestles someone, like an unknown figure. Mm. And I think like the implication is it's like God or Christ right, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. This whole song, like... Because he talks about fighting, you know, not knowing the name is like this unknown yeah, figure. Yeah. Like, that's, oh, yeah, that's a good catch. Because a lot of times with relationships, right, there's a fight involved. Like there's like a little mm-hmm. push-pull. There's a little there's a little tension ultimately to come to that union um, place. And that bridge especially, right? They're fighting. They're trying to work things out. 
the protagonist is like maybe giving up control a little mm. bit and trying to release and trying to surrender a little bit, but it's a it's a fight. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a tussle. But Kylan, this is the moment. That bridge. What about it? There's some there's some Johnny in that bridge, my man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He what says, is it? Yeah, what yeah, is it? Yeah, what does yeah, he yeah. say? You're right, you're right, you're right. We wrestle in the mud and the blood and the beer. That's right. Yeah. What oh song is that? It's a even... boy called Sue reference. Oh a boy called Sue. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. How did I not even? And I like, love I... the idea of Christian, like, or the protagonist, like, wrestling with this idea of God or like Christ or something, like, in the mud and the blood right. and the beer. That imagery is yeah, like, it's really good. Uh, taking it's that from a Johnny Cash song. Sue. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bill or but George, any other name. <laughs> any other name. And then the way that bridge so, sort of sonically amps back up into the mm-hmm. chorus, I just I just think it's money. It's so it. good. Yeah, this is this is very very close contender for a favorite song. Yeah, it's, right. it's up, up there for me, for me too. too. Yeah, there you yeah. go. It's a There's a reason song. it was a single. Yeah. TJ, are are we going to the next section of your three part? Not quite yet. Okay, because I was because there's three like little post tracks on this record, and I was like, is this gonna break that up perfectly? You would think. Yeah, it would have been um, nice. I would have loved that I know, cohesion. I, know. I, I, it, it felt like it almost could do that, but the next tracks just feel like they're, they're sticking in this second part. All right, all right, so. cool. Well, let's move on to track number eight, City Lights. This was the one where just by picking individual notes, the guitar added a lot. Just feels way different. Yeah. 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 Well, in this one, the picking line goes back and forth between the left and right channels. So it's Mm -hmm. like, and it shifts back and forth, which I thought was a easy way to to make something interesting, I guess. That's true. How do you feel about the side B of this record as opposed to the side A? I guess I would. Mm, I don't know, man. That's good. I would say my maybe a side A person on this one, but okay. side side B's got some good ones. I think I'm more of like a middle person. Yeah, mm. I think I would say I'm. A you know, person. like, you like a little bit, a little bit of of yeah, yeah. But that's more my vibe anyway. You know. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you're. You've always been a second triptych kind yeah, of guy. Exactly. Yeah, the reason, Josh, we're still in part two of the story is City Lights feels like still some liminal space, right? There's a lot of this kind of like dark light dichotomy happening. And the interpolation of the line, trade love for the city lights, trade light for the city love, Mm -hmm. feels really great because it's like, what are we choosing? There's still a decision, yeah. Yeah, are we moving from like... He's still at the crux of a decision here, yeah. Totally. And, and that back and forth and that push-pull still feels very much second act kind yeah. of material. Totally. Right? We haven't entered into the the summation, if you will. Right. Um, still that questioning. Man, yes. and I, I tried so hard to find a way to connect this to the Charlie Chaplin movie, City Lights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you could probably make a great ch- music video. Yeah. And I tried so hard. There's There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing beyond the name that has any any sense of sticking power of relation to the movie. Yeah. But I do want to take this opportunity to say anyone that has not seen that movie should 
100% watch it. Josh, you've seen it, right? Because it's on the yep. AFI list. Yeah, that was one of the first ones you recommended to me. Yeah, how'd you AFI feel list. about it? It's my favorite Chaplin, like, hands down. I know for a lot of people, it's Modern Times or the I like Modern Times. Modern <laughs> Times is pretty but, fun, but yeah, City yeah. Lights is more... It's better than... Uh, what's the prospecting one? Gold, the Gold Rush. Gold Rush. I liked City Lights more than Gold Rush. People love Gold Rush, and I don't... I wasn't crazy don't, about it. No, I was a Modern Times Lights, guy. Modern like Times City is really Lights. fun, but City Lights, one, has the beautiful love story. It's got more heart. And all the stuff with the drunk millionaire that's like some <laughs> of the best slapstick comedy I've ever seen. Anyway, I think that's what inspired Christian Linskog to write this song. I, you know, I tried I mean, to find anything pulling, in this song. If he's pulling from a Johnny Cash song, he is definitely pulling from Charlie Chaplin. Could be. Yeah, they're one and the same. Could I be. often get them confused. He could be a big Charlie Chaplin fan. <laughs> Who knows? Who isn't, you know? Uh, yeah. Most people, I, I feel like, unfortunately. <laughs> Lost the yeah. time. Um, I do want to note that, unfortunately, there are no new parts, again, added for the second verses. They're basically the same thing as the first, which is right. unfortunate. But, uh, but I do do really love what are you gonna say no 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 i think this is my exact I note so i'm just really I'm waiting patiently the accordion in this song yes yes, yes. Yeah. it makes it feel very european to me mm-hmm. yep it feels like you're walking along yeah, walking yeah. city street Some, late it, at night. it really does yeah and i like mm-hmm. that yep. you're just like strolling along stockholm and you're like warring with yourself yeah and you're just like trying to get an individualist drunk millionaire all... friend home and i'm just <laughs> That's all I want in life, guys. If I'm being totally honest, <laughs> drunkenly stumbling through the streets of Stockholm. Well, I would not drunk. My friend is my friend is drunk and a millionaire, and right. I'm wandering You're the helping. streets of Stockholm. But he's gonna right. kick you out in the morning when he wakes up, sober. <laughs> he's not your friend. God, when he's I'm sober. gonna watch City Lights again tonight. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Do we have anything else for this? All right. Track number nine. We are to follow. These streets are as cold. So I like that he intros the the song with "These streets are still cold and wet" as a little bit of a nod to the song right. preceding it. I had a similar note. Yours was a little more articulate, but I said, "Homeboy loves the streets." <laughs> it's true. There are a lot That's of articulate. What are you talking about? <laughs> Homeboy loves the streets. That's just like, as articulate as anything like, man, TJ's ever said. <laughs> I'll take that. Man, Homeboy loves the streets. Homeboy loves the streets. <laughs> no, it's true though. Like. There's a lot of imagery across this album that repeats. Yeah, yeah. And I no, think this that, definitely feels like a continuation right. of the last song. Right. For sure. So narratively, like what's happening for me, I think, is like the protagonist is sort of gaining more steam. They're coming out of that liminal space of being unsure whether they want to lean into this idea of union and acknowledge the Great Depression that they're in societally and kind of pivot and change and really lean into surrender and like seeking help from others, um, mm-hmm. whether it's this figure out there or from their fellow human, but it's a, it's a, it's like a thesis statement. We are to follow, right? right? Um, there's a, there's a certitude and a sureness, um, that we're seeing now that's kind of new. Um, but it, it's very much from a place of submission or a place of being a follower as opposed to fighter right. or an individualist. And so I like that idea of following and holding faith in 
you know, the greater good or the mysterious figure to lead us and move us in the right direction. Also, I just love the gang vocals happening on the chorus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, love gang. I always love gang vocals. Like I said, this, is, this is part of that like middle section that I really love on this yes. record. Feels really solid. Yeah. I will say... So I feel like he's talking oh, to the... the He's talking to the wider audience now. Mm-hmm. And he's like saying, hey guys, like I've kind of wrestled through this. I've gone through my inner turmoil, my dark night of the soul. Right. Can y'all join me now? Now he's and organizing like, the revolution. Exactly. Yeah. He's gone through his personal story arc to now yep. affect others. Externalizing it. Yes, exactly. Nice. To now lead the revolution. Ayo. I do like, uh, I feel like the guitar scratches in the choruses are some interesting work. Some of the more interesting work Simon's done on this record. So mm-hmm. good job, Simon, on that one. He's got yeah. more distorted radio vocals, too. Yes. So this feels Love those. more instead of like hearing it in the background, it feels almost like to kind of go with the whole revolution thing. Like he's almost like yelling through like a megaphone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, a, right. from a bandstand yeah. or something. He's like, come on, y'all. Yeah. Join the revolution, baby. All right, guys. Are we ready to move on to track number 10? Well, uh. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention on that same theme, the marching footsteps at the very end of the song. Oh, yeah. At the end of the chorus, there's those marching footsteps that kind of sync up with the rhythm of the music happening at the time. And I am always torn. I can't tell whether it's supposed to be this kind of hopeful revolutionary march like we've been saying or if it's like an ominous like regime kind of trying mm. to squash the revolution entering mm. the scene right oh. um and i wanted to put it to you guys what does it feel like at the end of the song i don't know does it feel oppressive and ominous or does it feel hopeful it feels hopeful to me okay yeah because it, it feels like he's inspiring people and it's like right. all right let's do it let's i like do that it, y'all. okay all right, let's go with that. I like Sweet. that. I, I can get down with that, yeah. Well, speaking of doing it, guys, let's move on to the next track. You must be bleeding under your eyelids. Inhale, puts down the phone like suddenly still. Just another night. Well, there's a different song. Heard from someone, now she sings along. Turn the car key back out through the driveway. He sees her face when he closes. Here's that return to the eyelids imagery I was mentioning. And fog. Right. Talks about fog a bit in the in the first first part. Right. We're back to that. Yeah. But it's this time the eyelids imagery is associated with blood, pain, suffering, death. Mm-hmm. Maybe trigger warning. Maybe self-harm. Maybe suicide. It feels to me like we've hit that point where the protagonist has realized some of the nuance of like trying to lead a revolution of surrender. Right. And and change and seeing some of the consequences and maybe there's like a loved one, a person that they really care about that they're seeing go through their own right. personal turmoil mm. process yeah. and maybe not doing so well with it, maybe not coming out so, you know, yeah. whole on the other side. Well, I love, I love like hearing this context from you as well because like that really puts to light. the My first note on this is like, it's like, it's doing this whole like pseudo like standard songwriting and mm-hmm. pseudo linear songwriting. And I didn't, I couldn't quite figure out where it landed or where it wanted to land, but thinking of it in more of a sort of like global, bigger 
kind of concepty mm-hmm. way makes all that kind of make sense. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's like this protagonist kind of reaching out to somebody they care about and seeing them struggle and yeah. being like, all I can do is wipe the blood from your eyes. But I've been there. Like, I've been where you are now. And there is a way through. There is, like, a third way almost. Like, you don't have to either fight it out on your own in this kind of individualist lens and carry the pain on your own. Right. Um, You also don't have to just give up and say your life is over. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there's, like, a third way. You can rely on this other force out there. You can share your suffering with the, the group there's like there's a communal level of hope to it yeah um and the protagonist is trying to like kind of share that with this person who they're kind of trying to vouch for or or plea out to right there's a moment at like 235 that where the music amps up and then dies kind of falls down amps up falls down again that dynamism been talking about it feels like a battle for this person's soul almost. And they're coming in. Right. And then and they're fading out. Um, whether they're trying to, you know, make a choice to end their life or to give up in mm. a sense. Um, and the protagonist is really trying to like connect with them and fight for them and fight with them to show them that third way of like, you can get through this together and leaning on something greater than yourself and outside yourself. I love that. It's a little heady and a little like heartfelt. That's cool. But it's how the song landed for me to Yeah, I like that because my (laughs) only other note, yeah, I like so much of this song. I liked musically and I liked lyrically. I hate the chorus. Mm. The chorus sounds like a Creed song to me. It kind of does. That was the band TJ was going to mention. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. You must be bleeding. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I think it's specifically like the guitars are doing that slow, like kind of yeah, like chunky stuff. Yep, it's true. Yeah, I do like the visual of bleeding under your eye. I mean, I don't know if I like it, but it's I'm not like it's evocative. It's yeah, it's very evocative. It creates a good picture. So yeah. very descriptive picture, I'll say. It's true. Uh, Tomas getting some bass time on this one in this mm-hmm. song as yes. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strong bass work on this. Yep. Guy. Yep. Yep. Good middle section of the record. It is, yeah. dude. So this is also the last song in the second part. That makes sense. That's the trip Ooh, makes sense. All right. Doing it. All right. It's the end of act two. Moving yep. on to act three. Four on songs to bring it home. With track number 11, My Alibi. Guys, this is my favorite song on the record. I knew it. Is it? it. Yeah. Please explain why. (laughs) It's vibey and dancey. Well, there's a part of this that is, even though it's not my favorite song, is my favorite part of the entire record. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you guys, you guys. Oh, I know. know (laughs) At this point. And we'll, we'll get to it. But tell us why it's your favorite song. I just, I well, for one thing, I think it works as the first song in the last section of the story because he, he, you know, it starts with this dancey groove, um, with that guitar line and that kind of like grooving bass. I think it's a ba- like a synth bass or something, but the uplifting lyrics that 
that Mary with that groove, the first line is my feet felt light for the first time in months. And that's such a lift, right? Out of this, this story of like the protagonist, maybe speaking to a loved one that they're seeing struggle. And it's kind of a darker portion of the album to move into this idea of feeling light uh, for Mm -hmm. the first time in so long. Um, feels like the new chapter and the final chapter. And there's some perspective too. When all is said and done, when all is gone and still just begun. So it's both like an ending and a new beginning. Um, so I like that hopefulness and that kind of like energy that this track injects into the album, especially this late in the album, right? For a track 11 to have this kind of like kind of dancey hype and... Right an upbeat nature a little bit. I really like it. It's 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 kind of acknowledging that dark night of the soul. It's looking back a little bit like on the the journey that they've been on, but also looking forward and getting to this idea of like reaching a mountaintop of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like and maybe they're reaching that place of union with this unknown figure. The idea of dancing with this figure like well, this beloved, it, just the, right? The sentiment in general of the chorus is like one of my favorites that we've gotten into on this show. Yes. Like I'll I'll read the lyric real quick. When all is said and done, when all is gone and still just begun, I will be asked, asked what I did with my time and why can you be my alibi? Cause I know, I know I spent it dancing with you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just so good. <laughs> it's good. so it's, it's good writing. It's solid. It's the, really the concept solid. alone of like a person being an alibi, right? A literal, like, personal alibi where you don't need a story or an explanation or a thing or a place that you were like the person kind of like covers you um you're spoken for you're represented um you're taken care of you can kind of like literally fall into their arms and like dance with them and find that release find that surrender find that acceptance and yeah, man that dance house moment <laughs> that like you got some house, house in here I'm like hell yeah dude <laughs> I'm here for this. Like, line, why like, did this come in here? I don't know, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> What's that time code? We gotta, we gotta put that in there. Two thirty-six. Two thirty-six. Man, just raise the roof. Yeah, dude. Because the song basically like ends. Yeah, it's over, and then it's like, nope, it ain't over. We're dancing. I'm dancing with you, man. I was halfway between like keep this or cut this to like a two and a half minute kind of like interlude song. Because, again, this is a long record. There's 14 right, songs yeah. on here. So maybe it would be nice to have, like, a two-and-a-half-minute song. But I did really like... I was a little surprised at, like, the whole, like, post-punk speaking part kind of thing. Yeah. Like, because sometimes I feel like that can fall flat or it just seems like an easy go-to. Right. But right. I really liked it as track 11 to kind of break things up a little bit and draw yeah, you in again. Yeah, right. it's a twist. Yeah, so I really liked that. Aspect yeah, of it. I think I'm more side B in general than side A on this record. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you got to put Yamkala in side B and then there you go. <laughs> That's that like, track list. I like that he like really leans into like, I'm going to say blind side and you guys yep. all know it. But <laughs> uh-huh. like, he's like, I'm aware of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so he like leans into it so much with this kind of like sad nature. Like it feels very... I don't know, like like an admission of guilt, but but also like knowing he's okay. Right. My deaf ear and my blind side. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like 
His delivery is almost a little Bradley Hathaway. Yeah. Esque. 100%. And I, yeah, I think I agree, Josh. I'm glad to hear you say that because I think it works because he's just kind of like, he's throwing up his arms and he's saying like, I can't do it on my own anymore. I figured that out. And I'm just like with reckless abandon, just kind of leaning into losing myself in my alibi, this figure, this like force and this power and this strength and this love and just losing myself in an extent ecstatic dance and like dynamic union yeah like and that weird euro house yeah. vibe like only underlines that <clears throat> right right boots and cats, <laughs> boots, and cats and boots and cats so good so weird <laughs> well i'm glad this is your favorite song this is deep cut deep cut baby yeah. my alibi i'll be your alibi Thanks, dude <laughs> you can tell people you're he's, dancing with me can we dance yeah <laughs> oh yeah TJ, he was dancing with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he, was, he was just dancing with me. He was man. dancing with me. He's good. He's covered. Uh, all right, guys. Track number 12, Come to Rest. Isikia? 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 I don't know, man. It's no Greek. Idea. And so I think it's Isikia. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hard, hard yeah. CH. Yep. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Good call. Yes, I is do. this a name or is it a word? No, it is. Uh, it, it basically means like rest, mm. or like quiet. Uh, that's okay. so good. Yeah, Real with some guest three. vocals, and it makes sense yes, for the for the, for the rest of the title. Yeah, who's who yeah. are the guest vocals? I will butcher the pronunciation <laughs> of this name. I'm glad I'm not having to do it. Ica Vita Solo. Oh yeah, Ica Vita Solo. Totally. You guys don't know Ica Vita Solo? Of what band? Metal mayhem. <laughs> Metal mayhem. Oh wow! I I blanked hard. Uh, no, you man of he was in Death Clock, right? Death. That Clock. was it. Oh man! Yeah. Wow! Did you see that look of pure utter fear, fear yeah. in my face that was when you awesome. asked? I loved that. And Metal Mayhem is what I came up with. That was a good oh, uh, alliteration. Right. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Well, guys, we're gonna start a metal band called metal mayhem, metal mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be jazz yeah oh, i'm into that <laughs> um the band is benea reach mm. they're a norwegian progressive metal band based in oslo that makes sense i hate this guy's voice really yeah i, I think like it's it. kind of cool i don't like it oh benny was that it must have been his other band because he is also from self-minded which was i think they were on solid state oh. back in the day is that right oh, i thought they were swedish cool. is it norwegian Maybe self-minded is Swedish and Benir Reach is Norwegian. I don't Could know. Could be. Could be. I thought they were Swedish, but there I we did. go, mangling facts again. Look at now. All the all the blindsiders are gonna come after us. They're gonna come after us, man. This song is rad as hell, though. It's cool. <laughs> it's more. They just vacillate so wildly. I mean, they just had this like three-minute Euro house dance track, dance breakdown, and then mm-hmm. go into straight up more like. Old school punk. Weird, yeah. Like hardcore punk. Mm-hmm. They like pepper them in like a couple songs and then we need a like a a, a rockin' one. And then a couple yeah. more songs and another one. This song very specifically reminded me of the movie Green Room. Have you seen yes, that? Yes, yeah. Josh, have you seen that? Mm, no. It's a horror movie. With, oh, well, then um, I definitely haven't. Patrick Stewart. Yeah. It's like the it's An- crazy. Anton Yelkin. 
and uh, what's her face? Maybe from Arrested Development is in it too. What's her oh name? yeah, Ali Shawkat. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. pretty great. They're like a young punk band who goes to this venue in the middle of nowhere. Patrick Stewart's out. in the punk band. Dude, they find out that they're like uh, it's actually like a punk Nazi, like neo Nazi skinhead, like Nazi skinhead compound. And Patrick Stewart is like the head of the of the Nazis. It's insane. It's a horror movie, so it's like bloody. And then there's like some twists along the way. Rad. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You might yeah, the 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 musical elements of it. I think might balance out the like horror elements enough for you. But this could feature on the soundtrack. Yeah, it this could have been like one that. of the bands. It's like this kind of punk music. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm just imagining basically like the horror movie version of like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, basically. Like, that's the, that's yeah. the vibes you're giving yeah, yeah. me. They yeah, go yeah. here, and instead of having to fight some evil ex, it's neo-Nazis. It's a bunch of Nazis. Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. You it's a rad it. movie, though. Yeah, it's pretty good. And to me, thematically, in this kind of last movement, um, I, I, I visualized the verses as the people sort of in the society that the protagonist was talking to. Oh, interesting. Responding and saying, you don't know what our life's like. It's hard. Right. Everything sucks. Like you don't understand things are bad and they'll never get better. It's kind of this defeatist kind of nihilist pushback. Right. Um, a lot of anger, a lot of like tension and acknowledging the very real, like hard shit that's out there yeah. in life. Right. So it's a valid position. But then the chorus is the protagonist from the mountaintop that mm. they've reached, right? The protagonist has reached the mountaintop. They're in union with their beloved, their their mysterious figure, and they're like, "Hey, no, it's it's okay. Like you can come to rest at a spring unseen. Right? You can you can find peace and and wellness, and and we can all be okay together." But then the verse responds again, like, "No." Well, I might even push back that, like you said, that that was maybe. God, no, I my mind totally blank. But you said in the first, like. That it's like a valid opinion. Totally. Well, I, I don't know, because these verses feel so mean to me. Like, they are it, mean. It, it it I don't know if it's valid. Well, within the within the song itself, like without getting meta with my uh -huh. weird pseudo concept, I feel like it's like a it's a very like cut and dry, like angry teenager anthem, but but uh but I think of it as a valid one because to me it's like the the they're feeling the pressure of another an older generation maybe it's their parents right. some kind of guardian um really putting yeah I, yeah, yeah. no, no I, I i totally agree with that i guess and they're I, like I misunderstood like yeah because that like those expectations like it's it's setting up those expectations again that are that those expectations are, are what's wrong are bonkers yeah like don't scream like a little girl shut up boys, boys don't, don't cry, cry. right like, yeah damn, dude. yeah keep up with the schedule shape yeah. up have to perform so it's these expectations that an older generation is putting on a younger generation right yeah, yeah. and the, and the verses are the younger generation kind of put pushing back and in my weird narrative then i'm the, saying it's like the, well, there's the protagonist yeah, on yeah. on the mountaintop saying come to a rest that flows from a spring unseen because honestly you're scaring me pointing out that the kind of the frenetic energy mm -hmm. the valid position of being put under a lot of pressure has created a little bit of like a volatile situation right where like you might do something you'd regret you might get a little violent you might do something mm, okay that, I, I that could have yeah, like yeah. consequences so there's a there's a, a back and down. forth there's a little like tension there but um 
you know, the song ends with that kind of blistering, like, can't take this no more, the cause of death, suicide, like, oh, and he, and the way he just, like, drops that note, yeah. <laughs> like, guttural almost. Mm. And then, yeah, there's this weird Western outro. Yeah, very weird. It's so wild, like. It's the weirdest and the longest of, like, their little outro parts yeah, that they've done on this record. Yeah. 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 And to me, this is like the exodus or the the parting of ways of the society that the protagonist has tried to get on board. Some of the people are like rejecting it and they're like, no, like, forget that. I'm not doing that. I'm sticking with my the ways I know that work, that quote unquote work. But then there's also like those that heard what the protagonist had to say and and thought it was a good call so they're yeah yeah. they're like climbing up the hill now to join the protagonist on the mountaintop so it's like the exodus basically this weird interstitial (laughs) like (laughs) country western (laughs) so weird all right guys let's move on to track number 13 this time I'll say on my first listen when this song came on, this intro like immediately hooked me. I was like, ooh, I like this. I like just like the vibe that's going on here. So also and this then, has some sweet, sweet fretless bass. Some it's double bu- some double bass played by Hampus Nordgren. Of course. Thank you for that, Josh. That was a great golem impression. <laughs> uh, I won't do it, Kylan. You'll never get me to do a golem impression on this show. Okay. Uh-huh. We'll see. Mm. Hold strong, Josh. I will. I will. Yeah, g- I will. guys, I think the side B is better than side A on this record. Yeah. <sighs> you might be right. Could be. You might be right. It's more musically interesting. I'll say That's that. true, no. yeah. I really like this song. This is one of my favorites on the record. I like the spooky chorus. Yes. Those, Josh does love a spooky chorus. Those like Ooh. high backing vocals. Yeah, Chris like this time. Yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. I apologize yeah. to everyone who heard my falsetto just now. <laughs> I don't. I don't apologize. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. Oh, thanks. The snare, the the pattern on the, on these, ver- on the, it's the chorus section where it's like the, when he and uh, when he and uh, the snare's like hitting on the uh, you know? It feels so weird, but yeah. it works. It's like groovy. It shouldn't be. It should like that kind of strange choice does feel kind of jazzy. Jarringly groovy. And it uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. It's jarringly groovy. Jarringly groovy. Well <laughs> said, Josh. Yeah, and that upright bass is so good. No, that's a great touch. There there's a rhyme in here though that harkens back to a previous episode of our show. Tell me everything. And I'm curious because I don't think, I think, I don't remember where y'all landed, but I didn't like it in that. And so I'm curious if y'all like it in this. Look over your shoulder. You have become older. Mm. Uh, draw some similarities to, um, is it All the Days from FM Static? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I won't even look over my shoulder until I find a cure for getting older. Yeah, I like yeah. that line. Yeah. And I also like the version of it here. It's true. just like a, it's a, I, it's a, it's a little rote. I also think, rhyme. I think 
classic rhyme. Christian, classic. I think them being Swedish, they get away with like a lot of stuff that I'd be like, I'd call someone else on, but because they're sure, Swedish, I'm like, that's totally. the that's, thing, that works. Though, I like even it. With yeah. that, even yeah. with that, lyrically, he is fucking crushing it. Yep. No. Yeah. For throughout sure. this record, yeah, like, whole, yeah, because have I agree. Like, normally, older I would shoulder if, like, line. Yeah. Yeah. He if, gets. Like, he gets one. <laughs> English as a second language or whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, lyrically, he's killing it. Killing it. Yeah. I feel like I feel like he pulls it off. Yeah. For sure. Kylan, is this what you're talking about with the one note? What? And uh, well, I wrote because yeah, they bring it down for the bridge, but then Simon is just playing whole like. Oh yeah, no, just I was, one note at a time. I was specifically talking about city lights, but oh okay, yeah, here okay, it, gotcha. It too. Yeah, because well, I was like, I mean, at least like add a third in there for like some color, but he's just playing like the right. root, just brown, brown. So I'm mm-hmm. like, he could have done a lot more to make it a little more interesting, but could have. But, but the song still works regardless without that. Simon likes the simple stuff. Yeah. Simple, Simple Simon, Simon, you know? What to call him. <laughs> Josh and I are the same on this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, guys, there's only one more track. Yeah. I like how this song crumbles away into yeah, nothing. Yeah, kind of just like... The ending... Yeah, who... Like, I don't know. I feel like that's a hard thing to pull off. Ending a song by just, like, kind of Yeah, but then I do, like, nothing. right it before then, they do, like, some synchronized hits where that dun, bum, 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 and then dun, it, like, dun, falls dun. off. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like that part, too. 10 out of 10 on the ending. Wait. All right, guys, last track. Let's do it. When I remember. The boy is gone. Sometimes I miss the way you wept at night. Still Based on your concept narrative, this yes. like totally makes sense. Exactly. More. The boy is gone, mm-hmm. right? We've moved on. Hmm. I don't know if I... Because I, I thought that it was wrapping it up lyrically in an interesting way, but I maybe it was on a different wavelength than you. So, cause how does it wrap it up for you? Is it a happy outcome? Yeah, I think so. I, I feel like it's losing of a sense of self, right? It's sort of ego death kind of stuff where you're being moved by an outer force, right? There's that, there's that moment of union of my alibi where you're dancing with the, the unknown party out there that you've been kind of seeking and you've been moving out of this great depression. You've moved up to the mountaintop. You're together. And now you see this cloud moving in, the rain falling, the thunder strikes. But it's still okay because the sunshine yeah, is breaking through the clouds. He keeps saying, you know, he repeats that refrain, but I'm not forgotten. Right. And nobody moves me like you do. So it's an yeah. ego death. It's a loss of self. It's an admission of the world not being perfect and not having it all together, not having all the answers. It kind of doing away with this individualist idea and kind of being purified, being cleansed right. um, yeah, by the storm. Like not, it's not like a melodramatic, like twilight zone, dark ending. I feel like it is a dark ending, but there is that element of like, well, you know, that's kind of life. So it's going to be okay. Right. <laughs> okay. You know? yeah. All right. Rebirth. It's, yeah. it's a little bit of a Phoenix mm-hmm. imagery, like being born out of the ashes. Yeah, I I, I kind of like keep coming Phoenix back to rising out of Arizona. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, you better believe it. Yeah, it's, it feels like a very like realistic, like humanist kind of. I was getting, I was kind of looking at it more through the like looking at it as like a response to like Yamkala, where he's like, 
being numb and like a reality TV clone. But here, cause he's like these days, there's not much that will bring me to tears, to tears to my eyes. But then like he remembers who he, like it takes him back to like, I guess connecting with more like, like empathy and being like, Oh, and I see like if there's tears, there's not much that brings the tears to his eyes. But when he remembers a cloud moves in and the rain falls and I was like, is that his tears? Maybe like being able to kind of connect with people on like a human level again, uh, like breaking out of the numbness. Yeah. Well, guys, we did it. We listened. We listened to the Great Depression. So let's get some final thoughts and then some final flopper pop verdicts. I like it. I don't know. I liked TJ. I liked your uh, your little concept. Rec- oh, I was grabbing my earpod, but I'll shake your hands. I like the whole the concept album thing that that resonated with me quite a bit. Yeah. Um, can I just go ahead and say, do you guys, can I just, can do I just it, go man. for it? Go for Lead it. Lead us in. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of problems with this record. Production-wise, like like we said, you know, I don't need to reiterate too much of that. There's some boring elements. Side B, I definitely think is better than Side A. Um, but Blindside is, based on this record alone, a very interesting band. So, what else? So, I was like right on the line, Flopper Pop. You know, it's like very, I don't know, it could, it's a long record, which is typically in the con column for me. You, know? you got me bleeding through my eyelids right uh, now. Know, is I he going to ascend to the mountain of peace or is he quitting and <laughs> gonna going to stay in the, the Great city? Depression? Yeah. That's right. Homeboy loves the streets, you know. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. It's right on the line, right? Right on the line. I see that line. And then something happens in this recording. TJ, you brought this concept idea. You know how I feel about narrative, especially in records. The lyrical content, like I said, because the production is so is typically so simple with right. a few just like out of left field things. Is the tension getting to you? It I is. Don't know. I'm dying. Uh, no, it barely, barely, barely pushed over the line to a bop for me. Yes. Ooh, I, I love it. it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice, man. Kylan fell in love with the game. Do mm. not forget your name. Mm. That's right. The Blindside game. You're not going to forget the name of Blindside now. Well, I never forgot the name. You're Blindsides. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's all I got. Josh, what about you? That's all you got? Okay. Nah, TJ. Oh, sure you you save Josh TJ. For life. Yeah, no. TJ, go. All right, TJ. I'll go. I'll go. Um, I mean, y'all knew this was going to bob for me. Well, yeah. It was my yeah, wish yeah. lister. Of course. But I will say... I definitely did notice the the lack of more intricate and and present um, lead work on, on on this listen back. I was really happy though that it in the ways that I originally fell in love with this album, the game and this album. I think my alibi is gonna be that this record still holds up. I think it slaps. It bops for me. I think. The concept was one that had kind of been bubbling in my brain sort of subconsciously for a long time. And I never put all the pieces together until going back to this album to listen through for the purpose of this episode. But it just makes the album stronger. And I mean, y'all could tell I was really, I was bought in. I was high on my own supply a little bit. You definitely were bought in. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I think, I think it, you know, to, to what 
we've mentioned already on this episode, Christian's vocals are incredible. And, you know, as y'all have both admitted, like he, in a lot of times, at a lot of points in this album, carries carries the album. Um, and I think the part of me that always, as a drummer, wanted to be a front person and wanted mm-hmm. to write songs and wanted to sing songs, I think I saw him doing it and saw them play live and saw the energy that he brought right. to the stage and saw the emotion in this album. And that resonated so deeply for me that it's still like, I don't know. It's so good that it, it resonated then and it's yeah, still yeah. like hitting so perfectly uh, in my thirties. And I think an album that can do that, that can like hit in a, in a great way in your teens and then still resonate with you and help you pull new layers of meaning and concept out of album from, you know, the two thousands at 34 speaks to its quality. And so it's still bops. It's still bops. Uh, (laughs) And I, I I am not depressed. (laughs) I'm glad. All right, Josh. What do you got, you, you Josh? You're going to bring us into a great depression? Man, what yeah. will I do Are the storm here? clouds coming in? They might be. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, this record was interesting that, like, like I talked about production-wise, there was a lot of stuff that, like, I don't know, just overall the production of this record I wasn't really crazy about. Musically, I was surprised that there wasn't a ton that I felt like improved impressed me like there wasn't like a ton of like outstanding drum moments or like some really cool bass going on and like i've already talked about with like the guitar parts of being like super sparse and empty like i was surprised that like a band of blindside success that was huge and i was like oh i expected there to be more intricate parts happening as someone that does is not very familiar with the band after the success of the two records before this does this then sort of feel like a return to their roots back to basics kind of album i think because that was the vibe i got listening to it but i don't have much context i don't i don't know their first album super well but i do know that they have two before they got signed yeah i feel like this one does feel like a return to that first album yeah In in a pretty big way but with but with better production right okay Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just no, curious. no, you're good. You're good. So, yeah, I was just getting into it. I was really excited to get into this record, but it was a hard thing for me to get over, feeling like there wasn't so much left on the table. Like, it felt like whenever you have a school project, like a group project, and you all do your parts, and then someone else in your group does it, like, they're like, Simon, we're supposed to write full page. You, <laughs> yeah. you only write half page, Simon. Where's the rest of your parts? <laughs> And then Christian's like, you look at Christian's and his is like, he wrote the full page, but Single it's like, space, he's got like, type, like, gl- yeah, like great design and artwork on it. And they're just like, Simon, man, he's got the like, graphs. Like, he's, what are you doing? He, he Simon? bought all like, the supplies. You, you too. left us hanging here with this. But all that to say, Christian, I said, is carrying this record and mm. the strength of the songs is carrying this record. Mm. And, Christian is an amazing vocalist. So mm. like having, I guess the simplified music does give him more 
room to just do his thing and it works really well when he's doing his thing i wish there was just more like i don't need crazy technical parts i i just yeah, would yeah. like just more fill and stuff out. Yeah. yeah double track some interesting stuff there every now and then simon so that was a big hurdle for me to get over um right and i i it's a fascinating topic of minimal versus maximal tendencies that mm-hmm. this is already a very long episode, but I do want to talk to you about that at some point on this podcast. I find <laughs> yeah, very yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will, this was pretty close to me, but I enjoyed this record more than I had problems with it. So I will bop it. Whoa, I think yes. I did not expect. I that. definitely oh, think right. I will enjoy oh, silence right. and about a burning fire more. I think I will too. But, but as, yes. as a complete blindside neophyte, this like is making me excited to get more into their discography. You were completely nice. blindsided by listening yeah, to Yeah, I was blindsided time. by it. Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. Hey, I was blindsided by a triple bop for this. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. That's wild. By the skin of its teeth, man. Sandra Bullock would be is, proud. Yeah. Sandra Bullock would be proud. <laughs> Charlie and, Chaplin would too. And Randy Travis. Or who? who is Darth Tim McGraw. <laughs> Tim McGraw. <laughs> Randy Travis. <laughs> All right, no, guys. He I was think... the president in National Treasure 2. Oh. What? No, wait, no. He, Randy Travis is playing at that. My bad. Oh, sorry. Oh my God. Sorry. Okay. He's going off the rails. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be it for us at Church Jams Now. Please uh, follow us on all the social media Church Jams Now, Twitter, Instagram, the like, LinkedIn. Rate and review on yes. <laughs> Spotify and Apple. Yeah, please give us reviews, man. We like to hear from people. Uh, and we got tons more bonus content at patreon.com slash Church Jams Now podcast. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Of course, may all your favorite bands stay together and peace out, my friends.